The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk. Now, last Saturday was described as a special day for the people of Northern Ireland as a devolved government was restored in Stormont after almost two years of suspension. Uh, joining me now is the leader of the DUP, Sir Geoffrey Donaldson. Uh, Geoffrey, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. Uh, congratulations on getting everything over the line. Uh, first of all, was it a hard sell to your party members? Well, thank you, Pat. Um, uh, uh, no, actually, um, when uh, the details of the agreement with the government were um, shared with my party, there was strong support. Um, my party executive, which is broadly representative of the party membership, um, gave uh, a decisive uh, 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 decision in approving the recommendation of our party officers to proceed with the agreement and to restore the political institutions. And since then, we've delivered uh, key elements of that agreement already with legislation passed by the House of Commons. Um, to, to what extent do you believe the public service uh, strike, a one-day strike, the, the next day of action has been deferred uh, to, to give you guys a space and time to do something, to what extent was that an imperative, do you think, for all the political parties in Northern Ireland, but particularly at the DUP? Well, obviously, we want our public sector workers to get their much-deserved pay award. And, in fact, the UK government has set aside the funding to enable that to happen uh, in the current financial year. And, frankly, they should have proceeded to give the public sector workers their pay award. So it wasn't a major factor in our decision because, in the end, it was about getting agreement with the government, ensuring that they delivered on their side, that they got the progress that was needed to protect Northern Ireland's ability to trade with the rest of the United Kingdom. It's a vital market for us with over £12 billion of goods sold in Great Britain every year. So that was a key element of uh, arriving at an agreement was to uh, secure the changes that we needed with the government. Uh, and now, hopefully, uh, in... Uh, tandem with the Treasury, we can deliver that public mm. sector pay award to uh, our public sector workers. Now, I've been, uh, you know, talking to people on this side of the border and they were saying, well, actually, you know, you know the changes uh, around, not to, but around the Windsor framework um, don't really make any difference at all. So trying to, you know, from the, the side of the Republic, it doesn't seem to make any difference at all to trading arrangements. Well, of course, the Republic's not in the United Kingdom, so... No, but I mean, in terms of going through... It wouldn't make any change. You know, if uh, the Republic wants to rejoin the UK, it would make a big uh, change. (laughs) But since you're not part of the UK, of course, our trading arrangements with the United Kingdom don't impact on the Republic of Ireland because you're not in the UK. No, but what I mean is there any goods going via uh, northern ports, for example, to uh, the UK, it looks as if that kind of trade uh, will carry on as before. Well, uh, we have unfettered access now to the market uh, within the United Kingdom, and that is very welcome. But here's the real difference, Pat, and this is where it will make an impact on, on Dublin. So let's take goods moving from Dublin to Holyhead. Northern Ireland hauliers who use the port facilities at Dublin, when they arrive at Holyhead, they will uh, disembark the ferry and travel straight through the port and out uh, and onwards to their destination. There'll be no customs checks on those goods entering 
uh, Great Britain. Uh, but um, a, a truck uh, registered in the Republic of Ireland carrying Southern Irish goods uh, on the same ferry when it disembarks at Holyhead, it will have to go through the full UK customs processes at Holyhead. And that's the difference now, Pat, um, that Northern Ireland goods moving into Great Britain, whether they are through our Northern Ireland ports or through Southern Ireland ports, there will be no customs arrangements, no checks on those goods. In contrast, whether uh, uh, Southern Irish hauliers use Northern Ireland ports to access GB or they use uh, Dublin uh, to access GB, there will be full customs checks. And, and, and that clearly creates a distinction between the economy in Northern Ireland and the economy in the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, why many of us couldn't understand why when uh, the the offer of being able to trade freely with the EU uh, and trade freely with Britain wasn't seen as a win for the DUP originally, uh, that we have had to wait so long for, maybe it's clarification, maybe it's a, a, a change in protocols, but... We've had to wait so long for a bonanza which was there to be grabbed. Well, with great respect, Pat, I think that's um, a complete distortion of what the situation was. Um, We didn't have unfettered access to GB under the protocol. There were customs declarations and uh, checks, physical checks, carried out on goods moving between Great Britain and Northern Ireland under the protocol arrangements. That cost businesses a huge amount of money. It uh, uh, led to delays. It meant that many suppliers in Great Britain simply said, it's no longer worth it. We will no longer supply our goods to Northern Ireland. Indeed, the EU banned um, uh, products made to British standards from entering Northern Ireland. All of that has gone. It has all changed now. There is no... Uh, green, so-called green lane, no more checks on goods moving from Great Britain to Northern Ireland and staying within the UK. The only checks carried out now are on goods at mm. risk of entering the EU. And that's how it should be, Pat. That is, that resets the balance. It respects Northern Ireland's place within the UK, but it uh, continues our privileged access to the EU single market. So I think we're in a much better position as a result of the changes that have mm. been made. There will, of course, uh, be perhaps random or arbitrary tra- uh, checks in the case where the authorities might suspect, for example, uh, people smuggling. Yes, and that happens at every British port right across the whole of the United Kingdom. It's a very sensible thing to do, Pat. We don't want people um, engaging in uh, human trafficking. Uh, It's a horrible thing that happens that people um, are carried uh, in that way as if they were some kind of commodity. So it's really important. Uh, And uh, thankfully, there's good cooperation with the Irish uh, authorities as well in terms of ensuring that uh, the Republic of Ireland is not used as a backdoor for for human trafficking. Uh, do you believe then that uh, the Stormont now is uh, stable, that there will be no uh, threats to devolution uh, in, the, in the foreseeable? I am hopeful, Pat, that what we have achieved uh, will provide a sustainable and stable basis for devolution. I have always said that what we want is an outcome that both unionists and nationalists can support. And I think what we've seen in recent days is the culmination of that work. We've worked hard to negotiate an agreement that uh, I believe delivers the prospect of real prosperity, economic prosperity for Northern Ireland and political stability going forward. 
Is it a bit of a bitter pill, though, to swallow the notion of a nationalist as First Minister? I know Deputy First Minister and First Minister are uh, in law equal to each other, but there is a primacy of First Minister and Deputy First Minister resting with the First Minister. Well, there's a symbolism, but there's no primacy. Um, They are co-equal in both uh, legal and practical uh, uh, senses. Um, Look, but you get you get my point, though. That yeah, show show me a political leader, Pat, who 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 likes to lose an election. Uh, You know, we would like to have won the election, but unfortunately, the divisions within unionism meant uh, that we we lost some seats. Uh, and we fell behind Sinn Féin um, as the largest party. And I think there's a lesson in there for unionists. Um, you know, if they want to see, in symbolic terms, a unionist first minister, then, you know, they need to come out and vote, and we need to ensure that we get unionist MLAs returned to the Assembly. But to be clear, Pat, uh, we will work uh, with the other parties in uh, the executive. And there are three uh, three other parties, uh, Sinn Féin, Alliance and the Ulster Unionist Party alongside ourselves. We will work with all the parties to deliver what the people of Northern Ireland need, whether that's growing our economy, uh, improving our health service, investing in our education system, delivering childcare support for working yeah. families. These are all issues that matter to to people right across Northern Ireland, regardless of their mm. background. Uh, the, the question that you raise there, though, about the divisions in unionism, do you think that uh, the appointment of Michelle O'Neill as First Minister might be a wake-up call for unionism to get back together? You, after all, uh, were once uh, in the Ulster Unionist Party not that many years ago uh, and joined the DUP. Um, I mean, is there so much common ground that that um, a unification process might actually occur? Uh, look, I hope that we can see closer cooperation between the uh, DUP and the Ulster Unionist Party. That's certainly something I will work to achieve uh, for the good of everyone in Northern Ireland. And uh, I do think that the results of the Assembly elections are a wake-up call for many unionists um, uh, those who don't uh, vote and those who vote for small parties that uh, really can't win uh, uh, an election. So, you know, I, I think that as we go forward, uh, unionists need to recognise that it's in working together in cooperation that we can deliver um, uh, more unionist representation in our assembly. But look, at the end of the day, Pat, the institutions operate on a cross-community consensus. The Northern Ireland Protocol, the post-Brexit arrangements, uh, undermine that consensus. And what I've worked uh, to do is to restore the consensus that ensures that uh, the executive works for everyone. What did you make, uh, Geoffrey, of Mary Lou Macdonald's contention that uh, United Ireland is within touching distance? Well, look, I don't think anyone uh, with any credibility believes that uh, this is the case. There's nothing to suggest that there's been a significant shift uh, in public opinion in Northern Ireland. All um, uh, polling data points to a very strong majority in favour of remaining in the UK. Uh, uh, you know, let's face it, Sinn Féin in Northern Ireland represent, what, about 27, 28% of the vote. Um, you know, that's a long way shy of a majority, Pat. So you don't see it uh, within touching distance, number one, but uh, a border poll... Within the decade, Michelle O'Neill was suggesting you're perhaps believing it could be further away than that. 
Well, unless Mary Lou MacDonald has the longest arms on this island, I don't think she's anywhere close to touching uh, distance. And as for the mm-hmm. 10 years, look, um, uh, Jerry Adams once predicted that there would be a United Ireland uh, by 2016. We're almost 10 years on from that, and we're nowhere near a United Ireland. Look, Pat, to be clear, I, I want to see mutual cooperation between both parts of the island, between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. I think there's so much that we can work on together to cooperate on. And, you know, all this talk coming from Sinn Féin, one party, one party, uh, talking up a divisive border poll at a time when I think the people of Northern Ireland want to see their politicians working together, focusing on the real issues now that matter to them. And I've mentioned what they are, health, education, housing, um, uh, childcare support, um, prosperity, uh, jobs, all of these things matter to people. And uh, we, you know, we're up for working with others to deliver um, a better future for everyone in Northern Ireland. And look, I think that all this talk of a border poll is just that. I think Sinn Féin are trying to up the ante. They're trying to reassure their base that the gains uh, the DUP have made uh, in this agreement that bind Northern Ireland more closely into the United Kingdom, uh, it's really uh, smoke to cover um, uh, what uh, they know and recognise as the reality that that we're not moving closer to a United Ireland. Finally, uh, the EU is going to analyse the detail of the agreement, which uh, was brokered by the UK government without any consultation at all with the EU. So therefore, you know, changing arrangements that had been agreed before without talking to the EU. Do you have any concerns that there might be fractures in what has been proposed by the British government and accepted by you? Well, look, uh, the arrangements that have been put in place, Pat, are about um, how the UK operates its own internal market. Um, uh, The EU is responsible for the operation of the single market, its own market. But the UK government is responsible for the operation of its internal market. And the arrangements that have been put in place restore Northern Ireland's place within that internal market. They respect the fact that when goods move from Great Britain to Northern Ireland and stay within the UK, they do not present a risk to the EU single market. They're not entering the EU single market. So uh, I think that what has been agreed between ourselves and the UK government is internal to the United Kingdom. Yes, it does affect the arrangements that were previously agreed, but I think that it does so in a proportionate way, in a way that it resets the political balance in Northern Ireland. And remember, the EU were very clear that the arrangements that were to be put in place should protect the Good Friday Agreement and its institutions. The protocol didn't do that. It undermined the Good Friday Agreement. It undermined the cross-community consensus at the heart of that agreement. It led to the collapse of our political institutions. Uh, What we have achieved uh, reverses that harm, reverses that damage. Uh, And I think uh, uh, the EU, if it really is, and I believe it is, uh, uh, interested in and wants to protect the Good Friday Agreement and the political institutions, then it will recognise that what has been achieved here uh, delivers on that objective. Sir Geoffrey Donaldson, leader of the Democratic Unionist Party, thank you very much for the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.